Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, can a revisiting of Queen ignite the movie screen? What anime series do people really need to get into? And is the world ready for a gladiator too? All this and more as we reach our next stop. The PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without the man, the myth, the legend, once again, from Humanica Media. You got to check out everything that's going on with Humanica Media today at humanicamedia.com. Humanica Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and so much more. It is my good friend. And, well, he's got a big surprise for everyone out there as far as on the internet front. It is Josh Peterson. You worked so hard on it, my friend. I'm going to give you all the props in the world. So go ahead. Lay it out on the world out there. What is going on with everything on Pop Culture Cosmos and Humanica Media? Well, I'm glad you asked, Gerald. I've been working on the site since March, so long time now. An official www.popculturecosmos.com. Do you hear that? Like, it's got a nice ring to it, right? We still have the WordPress site going, but from now on, we have a popculturecosmos.com and a popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. We'll, we'll always shoot stuff there, but the popculturecosmos.com site is going to be our main site for everything Pop Culture Cosmos. Is that correct? It is officially official, so the WordPress page is what it is, but this will be our baby, our brand new content machine. So everything that we make will be exclusive to this first. You'll be able to catch us, uh, our links for streaming, links for podcasts, links for all the latest articles we're working on, and uh, all of our affiliate content. You'll just be able to go to www.popculturecosmos.com, and it will all be there in one place, one hub of pop culture goodness absolutely all the great reviews that we've posted over the years including my latest review of the outstanding one more earbuds gotta check that out that's now on popculturecosmos.com gotta check that out i cannot say enough about those earbuds that i got from one more to test out had a great time in doing so they are under a hundred dollars in fact Oftentimes, they're on sale right under $50, so they're a great buy. I want to highly recommend them. 
Check out my review on them in detail. It's the One More IB Free Sport Bluetooth headphones. You're really into wireless headphones for your workout or just going ahead and listening to your mobile phone or whatnot, and you like that wireless feeling, go ahead and check the One More IB Free Sport Bluetooth headphones out. And of course, you can get my detailed review of it on popculturecosmos.com. Another great episode for everyone out there when it comes to everything and pop culture. We're going to be talking a lot about today, a lot of great stuff. We've got Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. He's going to recap a lot of the action from last Tuesday's NFL trading deadline and some of the moves that affect you fantasy football owners out there. So stay tuned to what he has to say with some of the moves that went on, plus some matchups that are of interest to fantasy football owners coming up in week nine of the NFL. Also, we've got Jessica Boggs from The TV Ratings Guide. That's thetvratingsguide.com. She's stopping by with a November update to get you up to speed on what's going on with a lot of the TV shows and the TV networks out there. She's stopping by to talk about that. And then Josh and I later on in the program are going to talk about anime and some of the things that we like about the best of anime out there, some of the shows that you might need to catch out there and things that you might need to see and appreciate more when it comes to the anime genre. But first, my friend, we've got a lot of things to talk about when it comes to this weekend at the movies because not only is the Nutcracker and the Four Realms, that's coming out. That's another big Disney presentation that's coming out. But also Bohemian Rhapsody, that comes out this weekend two theaters starring remy malek playing the role of freddie mercury retelling of the story behind the queen's rise to fame and all that reviews for it are mixed although a lot of the good reviews and positive reviews out there are for remy malek's performance as freddie mercury your thoughts on bohemian rhapsody first off do you think this is a movie that's going to score with audiences It's right now projected to do right around $40 million domestically here at the box office. Do you think it's something that will last it and will get some appreciation from moviegoers out there? Because music biopics are on a lot of occasions are really hard to get, I guess, a lot of weight behind it when it comes to seeing it on the big screen. Remy Malek, a lot of power behind him right now after his performances in Mr. Robot. And also like I'm noticing there's a, there's a, unique camp of people who are kind of getting back into that 70s rock and queen is kind of at the top of their list freddie mercury and then you also have the people who are really pushing the whole socialite agenda idea where you know they're they want to get more people have participated in like the lgbtq stuff into the spotlight and this is kind of a good opportunity for them so i i think that this movie has a lot of different things working in its favor i, I don't see it doing like gangbusters at the box office but i still see it doing pretty well and i mean if not you know if it doesn't like get over 100 to 200 million dollars box office revenue i still see it being considered for a an academy award i i personally do want to watch it and uh you know that's that's unique for me because i don't really care about music biographies that much so i don't know i mean how are you feeling about it man like i've heard mixed reviews about it. i've heard people say they want to see it some people say they don't and i know there's an elton john movie coming out How do you feel about this kind of thing, though? Well, music biopics, for the most part, are something that are usually praised very heavily by the critics, but don't get a substantial following when they hit the big screen. They seem to find life 
over the years when it hits the DVD and Blu-ray market to get their full appreciation. I mean, some of the best biopics ever made for the big screen are ones that, well, quite frankly, didn't do so well on their initial airing at the box office. As far as Bohemian Rhapsody, I'm, I'm an admirer of the Queen music. Uh, you know, as someone who is a little bit older, I was there for for some of the, the their big hits in the 80s. Don't remember much of the 70s, but the 80s, I do remember some of the, the music that they were they, what they were really getting into and really create. Obviously, there are songs that they've created which have just continued to become even more famous year after year after year. I mean, the Obviously, the namesake says it all for there, but what sporting event doesn't have We Will Rock You when it comes down there? I will say this. Queen has always a place within the history of rock and roll, and I'm curious to see it. I'm kind of sad that it's getting such mixed reviews, but at least his performance, Remy Malek, I'm interested to see how he actually embraces the role of Freddie Mercury. Two things I have an issue with. I think Sasha Barra Cohen, upon my initial first glance, I thought it could have been a better, more outrageous version of Freddie Mercury, which I think the role really would have gotten the best out of. And number two, it's a PG-13 movie, obviously to try to appeal to a larger audience. Do you see that as an issue as far as holding it back from the, really all the content that it should have put on when it comes comes to Queen and all the somewhat controversial aspects of Freddie Mercury's character, Freddie Mercury's life, both on the stage and off, and and also Queen as a whole, I would have equated it more to an R-rated picture. I think you probably could have gotten a better performance and a better movie out of it by going ahead and going all out on an R-rated film. Well, look at it this way, too. You see, like, J.K. Rowling kind of holding back. And you could tell she's holding back the story, the version of the story that she wants to tell of, Dumbledore and um, Grindelwald. So she's holding back the version of the story that she wants to play with Dumbledore and Grindelwald. But here's the thing, though, like she doesn't want to divide audiences. And I totally understand that, too. You know, and the same thing with like you have these kids who are growing up now listening to bands like Greta Van Fleet, Temperance Movement, Blackstone Cherry, who these are all bands that are trying to bring back like the style that, you know, the 70 style rock. And you have kids that, who, who want to go. They're going to want to go see this movie. And it's the same thing like with the Doors movie back with uh, what's his name? Val Kilmer. Like that pushed the line quite a bit and didn't end it. The Oliver Stone movie. And it didn't end up doing quite as well as everyone hoped it would. So I feel like with this Queen movie, they're trying to walk the line very carefully. You know, they don't want to dive into the whole a lot of the stuff that Freddie Mercury was was alleged or known to have done. They would like to have audiences of all viewpoints and and standings go to see this movie because it seems like with something like this is it already doesn't hit a big audience so they want to make sure they're able to cater to everybody who might want to go see this movie and you know i get how that is artistically stifling but i also get why they're doing it i haven't seen it yet i'm just saying on the surface you would probably get the more realistic version of what queen was all about if you had gone an r-rated movie but they didn't. So I would still like to see there's an interest there for me as far as watching Bohemian Rhapsody and seeing if it's the performance that I would like to see out of a retelling of the Queen story, because there is so much to tell because they were one of the most theatrical, one of the most advanced, one of the most forward thinking groups of that era. 
and are certainly deserving of a biopic made in their honor. One last thing when we talk about this weekend in the box office, and that is Disney's Nutcracker and the Four Realms. It's projected to do only around the $20 million mark at the box office in its initial run. Kind of funny that the earmarks are so low right now for a Disney movie. Your thoughts on Nutcracker and the Four Realms and why it's projected to not be so hot, especially coming off a great year for Disney, even though Christopher Robin didn't hit on exactly every note as well. Well, they're hitting a lot of these pro. I mean, Christopher Robin's obviously a well-known property. Both. And a, a Wrinkle in Time. Both of them did right around the $100 million mark domestically. Didn't do much overseas. So the Nutcracker and the Four Realms seem to fall in line with more of that than any of their other successes they've had this year. Well, with Wrinkle in Time, they shot themselves in the foot by putting it out in the wake of Black Panther. And who's to say maybe they didn't know that Black Panther was going to do as well as it did. But that was another film where they're hoping the diversity factor would pay off. And maybe it would have had it been released in like November or December, you know, the Nutcracker. I just I feel like it's not really a well-known property. Disney, this this is like a stretch to me. It feels like a stretch. Disney's trying to put out a Christmas movie, something holiday themed. And it's just not, you know, this is something that like my grandma would take me to go see like as a legitimate musical. But if it was a movie i don't see her having any interest in seeing that and that's something that like kids would go see with their grandparents you know kids would go see with their parents uh, if you're on thanksgiving you know the, the day after thanksgiving people usually go to see movies it's just something that they're there it seems like they're trying to cater to it but they don't really have an audience in mind you know it's not you watch the trailers it looks a little too dark to be catered to kids a little too uh fantastic i guess to be catered to adults it, i don't think they know what audience they're going for they're just kind of throwing it out there no marketing strategy in mind and just kind of hoping it catches and i can see it catching you know when it hits blu-ray dvd or whatever but i don't see it doing too well in terms of box office numbers i think that this might be another one that disney might have to uh you know write off as a loss i agree with you on that it seems like it's a very disappointing outlook for this movie because like you said they did not go ahead and spend enough time marketing the film properly. We don't know really who, as far as the, what's going on too much. The trailers themselves have not really been that specific. Not, it's been a little, little bit all over the place. We're focusing on the young lady, I guess, who's going to be the star of the film, but it just, nothing really captures you. And it's just, okay, if you know that the story behind the Nutcracker and the Four Realms, you know what, that's why you should go see it. And that's the problem. In a modern 2018 age, a lot of individuals out there, their families, the kids, they need to be reminded or actually for the first time understand what is Nutcracker in the Four Realms and understand why that story is so special. And Disney didn't do a very good job of, of translating that magic that the Nutcracker story, the Nutcracker ideals have and unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to pay off with big dividends down the road, at least as far as the box office wise. And what you've always said could come into play here is that regardless or not, the movie makes money at the box office. With Disney, it's sure to make money and, and translate into a profit with continuous use and continuous rentals and buys when it comes to the DVD and Blu-ray. But you can't always count on that. That's not a good habit to get into, and especially when you start off with three films like Christopher Robin, 
Wrinkle in Time, and now Nutcracker and the Four Realms, which most likely by the end of this year will be three movies that will not end up being successful, at least at the, as far as the movie box office is concerned. Yeah, I agree, man. It seems like they it, they really just wanted a movie to fill that holiday spot because I don't think Disney's really putting anything out in that you know that span of time. And and I, I, it looks fascinating to me, but it's not fascinating enough for me to want to go out and watch it because I don't know why. You know, it doesn't have that appeal that makes me want to watch it in theaters. It's something, yeah, I'll I'll definitely check it out on like VOD or whatever. But it's just it's not something that's really like pulling me into it. You know, something that may or may not pull you in so many years after the original we caught word this week that ridley scott has got in development right now a sequel to the best picture i believe for 2000 2001 and that is gladiator if you are like me that absolutely loves the original gladiator movie knowing now that it's going to go ahead and focus in on the son of the character that was played by Russell Crowe, your thoughts on a new gladiator in development and you're dealing with the story. It would now focus on Lucius, which like I said, was the son of Maximus. Is the world ready for a gladiator too? And is it too late? Is there too much of a time span between years? Should it have come out sooner your thoughts on a Gladiator 2, is it really necessary to be coming to a big screen? Yeah, so I've been thinking about this a lot today. And I know Ridley Scott, especially when it comes to history pieces or time era pieces, he never puts anything out unless there's a reason to. Like, he's not making this movie because he needs money. He's making it because he wants to. And so there, that has to mean, to me at least, that there's a good story will, that he wants to tell you know and it has obviously like what made gladiator so such a great movie was that maximus russell crowe's character had a lot to lose you know he uh, it wasn't just his his life that was on the line it was like he was going through things you know there's a whole like journey taking place for him and he wanted yeah he he didn't care if he lived or died but there was still a lot to lose for him because there's still a lot of people that cared about him so with this one, I got to go back and watch because I don't remember much about the kid, and I don't. I got to research him a little bit to find out where his his story takes place in history. But there has to be something epic to to draw audiences in because if this is a movie just about Roman politics. I don't think it's going to do so well. But if this is a movie that has combat, you know, and the the character has something on the line, and there's a journey to be had, there's some kind of philosophical or theological theme going on in the background, like in Gladiator then yeah, I could see it doing really well. But again, you know, I, my hope at the end of the day, what I don't want to see is just this movie serving like a political theme or it just takes place as like a bunch of politicians screaming at each other. What Ridley Scott does timepieces really well, but only because they have a lot of action in them. Exodus, Gladiator, Kingdom of Heaven, like all of these characters were on these deep philosophical journeys. And there's also a lot of fighting and grittiness in the background. So if they have that lined up for this movie, then yeah, I definitely see it doing so well. And it also has the added bonus of being associated with gladiators. So it's all about that story, man. It really is like, I got to do some research and see where this kid's life takes place in history and what he goes through. But the world is ready for another gladiator. We're just ready for another historical piece, another sword and sandals flick, because we haven't had those in a long time. 
What are your thoughts out there, everyone, when it comes to Gladiator 2, and for that matter, Bohemian Rhapsody and The Nutcracker and The Four Realms? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. After the break, we've got Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. He's going to give you an update on what went on at the Tuesday NFL trading deadline. Also, a little bit of an update on what's coming up for Week 9 in the NFL. And then right after that, Jessica Boggs from thetvratingsguide.com. She's going to give us our November TV update as well. This is the PCC Multiverse. Looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Vitabrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speedrun or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. And we're back with the show. Once again, it's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. We're going to take a look at what happened recently at the NFL trading deadline, especially out there for all you fantasy football owners. But you know who's here with me when we talk about this. It's our fantasy football guru. He is the host of the Fantasy Football Pater podcast. It is Mr. Tyler Baker. What's going on, man? Hey, man. I'm doing good. How are you? All right, man. All right. Heading into week nine in the NFL. Everything yes. looks good so far. A lot of teams on by. People mm-hmm. have to make adjustments out there for their fantasy teams. But even more adjustments were made at the trade deadline on Tuesday with a lot of NFL teams shipping out some once very productive players and seemed to be going really just all over the place when it came to the Tuesday NFL trading deadline. Yeah, there was a lot going on. Just before the deadline, Amari Cooper garnered a first-round pick for the Raiders as he went to the Cowboys. A couple defensive players from the Giants. And then Tuesday hit, and you know there were rumors about Demaryius Thomas. There were rumors about Golden Tate. And both of those guys ended up getting traded. Demaryius Thomas now goes to the Texans. This is, you know, for fantasy purposes... I think Demarius Thomas is still going to be Demarius Thomas. If you have him on your roster, you don't feel comfortable playing him. You probably haven't been playing him. I think when he goes to the Texans, it's going to be much of the same. You've got DeAndre Hopkins. He is the guy there. And Demarius Thomas can't do what Will Fuller could do for the Texans. Will Fuller with that burner speed. Will Fuller's on IR. Still have Kiki Cutie there, but Kiki Cutie doesn't have the long speed. Well, guess what? Demarius Thomas doesn't have that long speed either. So I think you're going to see Demarius Thomas, I mean, kind of doing the same thing he was doing in Denver. Is he, can he catch touchdowns? Sure. Is he kind of lazy with sometimes questionable hands? Yeah, he's still that guy. So I think Demarius Thomas is pretty much where he was on Monday before the trade happened. But for the Houston Texans, though, that still looks pretty good for them in, in the fact that they went out, at least tried to get some sort of help 
to get that receiving course in shape after the unfortunate injury to Will Fuller? This is good for the Texans football team. And the last time we saw Deshaun Watson on prime time, he lit it up. What was it, five touchdowns or something like that? He lit it up. This is really good for this football team. It gives him another viable target. I think it's good for them. They'll get Kiki Cutie back. He missed some time with the hamstring. So they'll have Cutie, you know, working in the middle of the field, that short stuff, utilizing that quickness. He does have a little bit of long speed, but just not on the level that Fuller did. So I think it's good for the Texans. I think it's good for Deshaun Watson's fantasy value because Deshaun Watson has his, his play has been improving now that his lungs not all banged up and maybe he can get on airplanes now. So I think this is good for the Texans. But as far as Demarius Thomas's value, I don't see much change. My friend, is there anything that you can take away from as far as maybe some moves that were done at the trade deadline that can help fantasy football owners that are struggling to find players over the bye weeks that will help them get into production? I know some players like Ty Montgomery, Mm -hmm. Golden Tate, and others were traded that may find a boost, even if it's a small one, in their production on new teams such as the Ravens and also the Eagles. Yeah, when you have players switching teams midseason, just keep in mind it's probably going to take a week or two for them to get acclimated. Now, some of these guys that got traded got traded into a bye week. Amari Cooper had a week after his trade to you know get involved with that Cowboys offense, especially with a guy like Golden Tate. That guy is a monster. This is huge for this Eagles team. I think this pretty much gives them the NFC East. The Eagles right now have basically three <laughs> slot receivers in Jordan Matthews, Nelson Aguilar, and now Golden Tate. Golden Tate can play the outside. He's a veteran. He's quick enough. He can do that. But it'll be interesting to see how the Eagles use him. But I think he's going to get used. And I think with the emergence of Kenny Galladay in Detroit, now with Golden Tate switching teams and now playing with the Eagles, I think there's going to be a slight diminish to his fantasy outlook, but only slight. This is a really good Eagles team. Carson Wentz, once he gets on the same page with Tate, it's going to be good. This could hurt Zach Ertz's value because the Eagles have shown that they really like going to Ertz, but then they'll also get Dallas Goddard out there. So this could diminish the tight end production just a little bit, just just common sense using the middle of the field, Golden Tate in the slot. But we don't know how they're going to use him yet, especially with Aguilar and, and Jordan Matthews already proving that they don't exactly flourish on the outside. So it'll be interesting to see how the Eagles deploy him, I assume that he'll probably move all around on that offense. But again, it might take a week or two for that to start happening. The Packers shipped off Ty Montgomery. You probably don't have him on your team. You're probably not going to go pick him up. But what that is going to do is that's going to kind of declutter that Packers backfield. I think Aaron Jones is going to be the guy there. You will still get some Jamal Williams. So I think that those two running backs take a little bit of a bump. Now, there were some defensive trades that I think are going to matter. The biggest one, I think, is Dante Fowler going to the Rams for 2000. 19 third round and a 2020 fifth round. This is a big deal for an already Rams front four that is an embarrassment of riches. It's it's disgusting. So any quarterback that faces that Rams front is going to see nothing but first round draft picks. Then Dominic Kinsu, Aaron Donald, Brocker, and now 
Dante Fowler. And so the 8-0 and Rams just got a lot better on defense. And Wade Phillips, a defensive coordinator there, he's he's going to have a lot of fun dialing up blitz. And, and if you have a quarterback facing the Rams, much like Aaron Rodgers last week, Aaron Rodgers had a bad week last week, it's going to make you think twice. Speaking of the Rams, they've got a great matchup coming up this weekend. Again, first it was that home game. Well, actually, it was Green Bay's home <laughs> game at Los Angeles. But now they're going over to New Orleans and battle that team in which should be a very good shootout and very good points for any fantasy football owner out there. But another game that also intrigues me as well this weekend is the New England Patriots. Yes. Green Bay not only goes from – well, just it hops out of the pan and goes into the fire because – not only did it have to deal with the Rams one week, now it has to deal with the New England Patriots the next. Well, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Good teams, when, when they suffer a loss, they almost always bounce back and play really well. So as far as fantasy, I'm really looking at this Green Bay-New England game. And like we were talking about the Rams, they're going into New Orleans. I think Drew Brees might have a hard time this week. Now, it's the 8-0 Rams, the 6-1 and New Orleans Saints. This is going to be an awesome football game. This is going to be uh, NFC playoff preview. But I'm not expecting, I think Vegas has it at like 59 and a half. I, I, don't, I don't know if we're going to see that, but I'm expecting a lot of sparks from the Green Bay-New England game. That's going to be a fun one to watch, and that'll be on Sunday night, so everybody will get to see it. Once again, it is Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Patriot Podcast. Catch our full episodes each and every week on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and over 30 different podcast outlets. And sign up today. Join it today. It is the Fantasy Football Patriot Podcast Facebook group. You can ask all sorts of questions when it comes to fantasy football on waiver wire, trades, lineup changes. Should you go with this? Should you do that? Ask all those questions today at the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast Group. There are over 200 different individuals out there. All of them are fantasy football fans. They go out there, they participate, questions get asked, and, and I see the responses from everyone. And if you really want to go ahead and get the word from our Fantasy Football Pater Podcast Guru, just go ahead and you can direct message him through the group. Once again, that's the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast Facebook group. My friend... It's another great weekend in the NFL. Any last thoughts on the way out? Enjoy the games. There's going to be some good ones. The Rams-New Orleans game is going to be nationally televised. That's a 4 o'clock game. And then the Sunday night game. So if you have Sunday afternoon and evening off, you get the Rams at the Saints, and then you get the Packers at the Pats. I mean, that's going to be a really, really good Sunday of some really, really good football. My friend... Always great talking to you. Always great having you here on the show. And of course, spreading that fantasy football knowledge right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. And we're back with the show, and this is Gerald coming right back at you here. We have got our expert here. When it comes to the TV scene, we're going to start doing this a little bit more often to get you up to speed on what's going on with television. It is my good friend, 
She is one of the lead writers at the TV Ratings Guide. You got to check out everything that's going on today at the tvratingsguide.com. You got to check out all the great things that are going on there. Plus, also get their updates at TV Ratings Guide on Facebook and Twitter. It is my good friend. It is Jessica Boggs. Welcome back, Jessica. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. It's a pleasure to be here, too. All right, all right. I'm, I'm hoping everything's going well in your world. I hear and see a lot that what you're doing on social media as far as all the stuff that you're talking about, all the stuff that you're writing on as well when it concerns the TV world. The floor is yours right now. What exactly do you want to talk about when it comes to television? And I'll interject with a couple questions myself because I know I've got some intriguing questions I'd like to ask you as well. Well, we got like all the networks since... It's week five and week five and six of the premiere of television. There seems to be some clear weak links, strong suits, and some flameouts. On NBC, we've got the two best that are currently performing right now, Manifest and New Amsterdam. These are the two best at 10 p.m. right now. I want to ask you a question on Manifest. I tried to sit through the first period of time with Manifest, but... I cannot get over the overacting. The overacting on that, especially within the first few minutes when it tries to get you in as far as the the catch is concerned, it actually drew me out. I just was kind of, uh, and I'm sorry to anybody out there who who thinks opposite. I'm glad to see it's it's popular and really uh, kind of tries to you know draw in that lost vibe. What are your thoughts on Manifest? Well, Manifest, it seems like I've heard about the overacting as well, and I've also heard about the. The ratings, they're continuing to fall like a tenth and stuff, but yet it's still one of the, the highest rated 10 p.m. shows this year. New Amsterdam is another medical show, one of those medical shows that... Uh, we don't have enough of those on television. Yeah, like Resident and Chicago Med and Grey's Anatomy and The Good Doctor. Like These are all the medical shows that are currently on the air. And New Amsterdam is doing pretty well, too. But it's not retaining as much from This Is Us as Manifest is retaining from The Voice, even though Manifest is dropping each week. That's very interesting because, like you said, it is dropping little by little by little, and it's not retaining the lead-in as well as New Amsterdam, even though New Amsterdam does cover a lot of the same type of tread as, like you mentioned, with The Resident, Grey's Anatomy, Chicago Med. It's a doctor's list full of hospital dramas out there. The list is seemingly endless when it comes to that. But I know there's a lot of other things you want to talk about as well when it comes to what CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox, and the CW are doing. But I'll tell you what, when it comes to all those hospital dramas, it just seems like maybe there's a little bit too much. Well, yeah, it seems like too many. And the next reboot will probably be like ER by the end of it. Oh, my gosh. Don't even remind me. All right. Go on. Go on. For the worst performing shows right now is the Friday dramas and the comedies. But there is a clear weak link in I Feel Bad in the rest of the lineup is going down along with it. Do you think that I Feel Bad and the lack of success of that show is hampering the entire lineup? Or is it something that you think that's just the whole Friday lineup, the people out there, the audience out there are just getting a little bit bored of what what has to offer from that series of comedies that are out there? 
it seems like the Thursday comedies of Will and Grace continues to flame out, even though it's the reboot from last season. And Superstore and The Good Place are fractional right now. And in this point in time, in 2018, you see that a 0.8, 0.9 is okay. And last year, it's not okay. Two years ago, it was not okay. Don't you be messing with my Superstore. You've already messed with my timeless, all right? And it's, I'm lucky to get a timeless two-hour TV movie to get <laughs> everything all squared off later in December. But don't you be messing with my super story. That is the best comedy by far. And I'm sorry to everybody that thinks The Good Place is. But by far, Superstore is the best comedy on television. You heard it here first. Well, yes. Tied with The Good Place, too. They're both really good comedies. But it seems like the top-rated comedies are, like, Fractional is doing pretty good, especially on NBC comedy. And it's not as high rated as the drama slate overall. So you don't have them in trouble, both them and The Good Place at this point in time. Just basically, they should be doing better. It would be nice if they're doing better, but this time you don't have them on your renew cancel list that you can find at the tvraiseguide.com. You won't have those comedies per se even Will and Grace at the point where eh, it's kind of leaning to likely to be canceled. Well, yeah, well, Will and Grace was already renewed for season three and Superstore and The Good Place will be renewed for another season. Oh, that's uh, a relief. Thank you. Thank you for saying Which is likely, which is likely to be renewed because there's two different bars on comedy and drama per se. Is it because of a cost issue or is it there's something else into it as far as the way that these television networks view both comedies and dramas? It's kind of like the dramas has something to do with cost, whereas like single cam is a little bit cheaper to produce, followed by the multicam. And it doesn't take much to produce a 30-minute sitcom than it does to produce a drama. Okay, fair enough. That's good news as far as Superstore and The Good Place for fans of those shows. But I want to ask you this. CBS has, well, now that they're number two and NBC overall for the year actually went ahead of them for the last TV season, CBS has had to make some a few adjustments and a few changes to their once sterling lineup of shows. And they've taken some chances with some reboots in Murphy Brown, Magnum P.I., They've also brought into some other shows like FBI and SWAT, I believe, as well. What are your thoughts on those shows and the likelihood that they'll be retained for the long term? Because I know some of them have had their troubles so far with audiences. Well, yeah, it seems like FBI is doing a little bit better than the others. Murphy Brown has gone fractional and so has Magnum P.I. Neither reboot has done well and... Men and PI, we have that as like a little bit either too soon to tell or leaning towards cancellation. The same thing as Murphy Brown. Like Murphy Brown, we put it in the cancellation slot like last week. And that is shocking to a lot of people out there because of the sheer amount of, I guess, advertising, promotion. And there was a lot of weight behind it about the return of Murphy Brown to have her be canceled so soon in her revival speaks volumes about the failure of CBS to be able to successfully promote 
a rebooted feature. And maybe it speaks a little bit more about possible reboots and, and these networks going back to try to rehash the old glory of all these old shows. Well, yeah, it just seems like some shows don't need to be rebooted or revived at some point because you can't like erase the original magic though with cbs overall you have like 10 p.m and mondays needing to be fixed and at the same time it's like thursday too with the weak link and murphy brown and it must have affected swat at the same time and the only thing that's going to probably affect SWAT and Criminal Minds' chances is the expenses and that they're not fully owned by CBS as their co-productions with ABC or Sony, pretty much. And so they have to be fully owned to be able to have all this production and the money and everything else instead of sharing it. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do do people still use dials? Okay, auditions for the new Earth Station Who co-host. Take one. Go ahead. Hello, Stonehenge, who takes the Pandora Cup, takes the universe, but, bad news everyone, cause guess who, ha, listen, you lot you're all whizzing about, it's really very distracting, could you all just stay still a minute because I am talking. Not too shabby, can you close this up? Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating over 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. You never know where the TARDIS is going to go next. Earth Station Who podcast can be found at www.earthstationwho.com. Earth Station Who is a proud member of the ESO network. We are up on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher Radio or wherever fine podcasts are found. Peace and we are done. Did I pass the audition? We'll get back to you. Next. Now, with Criminal Minds, is this the last year of Criminal Minds for sure, or are they still trying to continue that series? My guess is they're still trying to continue that series, but the episode order was reduced before it even aired, and my guess is it's probably going to be like expensive. It hasn't moved time slots to Sunday, because that's even a bigger death sentence than 10 p.m. What happened with CSI, though? It got moved to Sunday 10 p.m. and had its episode were to reduce. Same thing with CSI Cyber. That thing hasn't happened with Criminal Minds yet with the time slot change. Well, you heard it here first. I see a CSI reboot at some point in time. George Ead still kind of works for CBS in a way because he's on MacGyver. At some point in time, there's still the storyline out there that he did go to work as the head of CSI in San Diego just throwing this out there because I was thinking about this other day when I was walking by and and my wife was watching MacGyver. I was thinking to myself, you know what? They still could put that storyline into place if they want to reboot. And you know Hollywood goes crazy with reboots. But I'm just throwing that out there. But I, I, I expect at some point in time to see a side to get some love again at some point in time. Whether or not it's, it will still click with audiences, that remains to be seen. What's going on with ABC? Because I know ABC is just all over the place with stuff as far as what they're trying to bring in, old shows that they've been retaining. There was a major character death in Modern Family that they wanted to go ahead and really try to promote. What are your thoughts on what's going on with a lot of the ABC shows? And will they ever get out of the place where they're at and maybe move forward as far as regain some type of stature within the number one and number two slots with audiences out there? Well, it seems like the Wednesday comedies like are in decline and 
Tuesdays is more so, especially in comedy right now, and even with the Connors still being the number one comedy like on their lineup, but it's in decline too. But the clear weak link on ABC is TGIF. And basically young skewing shows move to Fridays and they're suffering the price for it. I know there was a small uptick in viewers when it came to wanting to know who got killed off in Modern Family, but I I don't know if it's concerning to a lot of people because there is a lot of longtime fans for Modern Family, but maybe the show has finally run its course. It has been an award-winning comedy for many years, but like you said, every show has its course and looks like Modern Family, its time is beginning to run out. I agree. But right now it may still be too soon to tell, though, whereas they get the final season renewal or not. I don't know, but it has something to do more with cost, kind of like what happened to the Big Bang Theory in more than just like the gradual ratings decline. So what's going on with their dramas? Because I know a lot of focus always is spent on ABC dramas. Is there still an interest in what they have to offer or are they looking to go ahead and put something new out there really quickly and get rid of some shows that they've already tried to do? Because I know The Rookie, they really were trying to promote that very heavily. Especially with a lead-in such as Splitting Up Together, which has declined heavily this season. And it caused The Rookie to pretty much suffer for 10 p.m. But point eight is still okay, but it's not at that level that justified the promotion. Same thing with A Million Little Things. A lot of great information and an awesome update indeed. It is Jessica Boggs from the TVRatingsGuide.com. You got to check out her work and everybody else's great work at the TV Ratings Guide. Check out all the great things they've got as far as articles, reviews, new types of programs that they go ahead and create from scratch. You can see all the scripts and plus also as well, most importantly, and the thing that actually draws people really into their site is the review cancel index where you go ahead and check out exactly which shows are doing well, which shows are kind of in that gray area. And and I'm not sure if they're going to be good or not sure they're going to be renewed or not sure if they're going to be canceled and also the shows that are on the cut line or likely to be cut or canceled by the network. So you got to check that out today at thetvratingsguide.com. Jessica, it's always great to have you on the show. Like I was telling you before we went on air, it'd be awesome if you have the time to go ahead and continually update us with what's going on in the TV scene a little bit more often. You're always welcome to do so. And also, anytime some breaking news happens, you want to go ahead and and come on the show for you're always welcome to do that as well. But I'm hoping to get everybody from the TVRaisedGuide.com or as many together as possible at the end of the year as well, along with your updates, to come on the show and and give us a good and bad of 2018. And oh my gosh, wait for the bad because that's my favorite part of the worst television on 2018. The best of television is great too, but you know me. I like to go ahead and and just sound off on the worst stuff. But there won't all be CW, I promise. Well, I do have a couple of worse ones on the list. and (laughs) We'll keep that a secret for the end of the year, okay? We'll keep your list ready at the end of the year. You get that list down. You get that list ready along with everybody else at the TVRatingsGuide.com. Just that was a spoiler gets, alert. <laughs> yes, yes, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Yes, one right there. But I do need you to come back on so you can give us a 
going into December update and give us an update on shows because we will start to see shows being canceled within the next four weeks. The really poor performers will start getting the axe very soon. And I'd want you to be able to go ahead and update our viewers on that because we truly appreciate you being part here of the Pop Culture Cosmos as well. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. This is once again Gerald Glassford coming right back at you. We're here with my friend, Mr. Josh Peterson. If you need a listing of where we're at, just no problem. You can check it out on our Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source Facebook pages. And now you can check it out as well on our popculturecosmos.com site. That's popculturecosmos.com. Just type that in. All the great articles, all the great views, and where we're being played at, because we're being played all around the world, seven days a week. It's just right there for you. Or if you want to download the podcast, all of our great podcast outlets are there as well. You got to check us out on Saturday. Josh, myself, the guys from Retro City Games, we're going to be streaming. Also, as well, Jamie Monroy from Game Source, Jay Bartlett from A Galaxy Far, Far Away. So many great names that are all part of the pop culture cosmos. We're all going to be streaming for Extra Life, whether it's for the Retro City Games Pop Culture Cosmos team or for Game Source or for Galaxy Far, Far Away. We're going to all be doing Extra Life streams going to be trying to share as much of that information on where you can watch and catch and follow their streams on saturday we're going to show everywhere when we can this weekend on our social media i'm going to try and get you the time so when josh myself so many others when they're going to streaming and where you can catch them and please this is all for a great cause on saturday it's for extra life our cause is for the saint rose dominican hospitals here in the las vegas Green Valley area here in Las Vegas, Nevada. If you get a chance, any donation is greatly appreciated, whether you want to do it in advance or do it while we're streaming. That's greatly appreciated. And once again, you can check out the information for the Extra Life accounts for either Jamie's Game Source, Jay Bartlett's Galaxy Far, Far Away, or our Retro City Games and Pop Culture Cosmos. You can check that out. It's all over the social media. Game Source, Humanica Media, Pop Culture Cosmos, and Retro City Games. Check it out on our Facebook pages. We'll have the links right there for you. Josh, I know you got a great thing going on with Humanica Media, so spill the beans, my friend. What is going on with Humanica Media? Honestly, man, nothing this week because I've been working on the uh, Pop Culture Cosmos website, so I'll get back on the Humanica Media train next week. But uh, for now, definitely check out www.popculturecosmos.com and you'll be able to find all of the current everything that we do. And uh, we greatly appreciate it. We do indeed. Before we head on out, wanted to ask you your thoughts on the anime genre. I know we got some interest this past week on some people that wanted us to talk about it on the show. We truly appreciate their input and, and thank them so much for wanting to go ahead and listen to our show when we're talking some anime. So I was going back through you know, a lot of the anime series that are out there. 
obviously I told you for me, a lot of it starts and stops with Akira because I just love it so much. But there are a lot of great series out there, Cowboy Bebop and so much more. Your thoughts on some of the great animes people should go out of their way to find, whether it's Attack on Titan or, or, you know, there's just so many. The list is so long. I've got one in mind. Have you got one in mind that's that you can go ahead and people should check out? And then is there also one now that you think people should get really interested into when it comes to the anime genre? Okay, so with, with the exception of the ones we've already talked about, obviously like Dragon Ball Z, Outlaw Star, Cowboy Bebop, Gundam Wing, things like that. The more recent ones I've seen, I got to say, like one I definitely recommend that has a super deep philosophical tone to it is Full Metal Alchemist. What I just finished watching Full Metal Panic. They have three or four seasons out that are pretty good. There's also um, one of my favorites right now is called Darker Than Black. So it's this uh, it, the story's way too complicated to even explain, but it's definitely something that I enjoyed. I went into it just looking for something to watch, ended up staying for two seasons. So that's something I would definitely recommend to people. It's not too complicated. It's not super simple. It's just something that that is, you know, you can sit down and watch it and it doesn't feel like it drags on. It doesn't feel like it needs to uh like it moves too fast. You know, it's just this kind of like lets you figure things out at your own pace and it's pretty good. But you know, what are you thinking about right now? With me, I went back and took a look at Bleach. I think Bleach is highly underrated when it comes to a quality anime series. It's thought of well, but not often well enough as far as the top two or three anime series that are out there. I think a lot of it people seem to go to as far as Attack on Titan. Like you said, with Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, I know Death Note gets a lot of love. We've talked about Attack on Titan. The Naruto series, Dragon Ball Z. For me, what I've, I've seen recently with some of the anime's episodes that I saw, I really think people need to give Bleach a shot, especially if they're interested in the supernatural, we're telling with ghosts, and they're, they're like spirits, they like like that type of deal, and super you know magical powers, and, and some type of mystical, some type, really, really get into that type of the atmosphere, which it can get portrayed so well when it comes to the anime genre. It doesn't always get the proper kind of love when it comes to other genres, but when it comes to anime and bleach, it really does a great job of, of transferring that, that emotion, that, that type of different things that you're going to see within a supernatural realm. I think people need to go out of the way to see bleach and it's available on Hulu. So if you have Hulu, I mean, all the seasons that are out there, I think there's, what, over 20 some odd, 26, actually, 26 seasons that are out there, 366 episodes. Hey, you can catch one each day for a year and you'd be set, plus all the movies and whatnot. Bleach is definitely, to me, an underrated, very underrated anime series that you got to go out of your way to see because I think it's really worth it. And still, it's only, what, canceled, what, five, six years? It stopped as far as the series is concerned ended in 2012 so it's fairly recent so it's still it still has kind of a fresh look to it so yes right. there's also isn't there a live action show or movie on netflix too yeah exactly something like that yes so it just gives you that kind of deal and there's uh, separate movies for it and, and whatnot so i really think people should give bleach a try there's definitely a lot there to choose from it's not like it's something that was just only one or two seasons and done there's over like i said 20 seasons 26 to be exact 
and over 366 episodes. So it's something that I think people should go out of their way to see, to really get involved into it. I think for a lot of even anime fans, it might have gone under the radar, but Bleach would be my choice as far as an anime you really need to go out of your way to see. Any 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 extras that you thought? I mean, you are a big Cowboy Bebop fan. I know that. So I, you've explained it on the show just in brief as far as why you have an affection for Cowboy Bebop. So come on, man. Just share that affection even more. Why you think Cowboy Bebop is so good. I, I don't know. It just kind of captures like we all when we're kids, we all want to be cowboys, right? We all have the little cap guns and the belts and the, the, the hat and maybe a little suction cup bone arrow or whatever. But. I don't know, Cowboy Bebop kind of combines all like the the great stuff about pretending to be a cowboy and like, you know, watching those Western flicks as a kid and space, you know, like the Star Wars. It takes the best of all the greatest parts of our imagination and puts them together. And that's what's so great. And the fact that, you know, you don't have to wait three or four seasons to see how it ends. It, it has its episode run, has a feature film. And the great thing about it is that it's timeless. You can keep going back to it over and over again. And once you know with Cowboy Bebop, there's Outlaw Star, which kind of takes place along the same concept, I guess. Not, I don't want to say universe because it's not in the same universe, but like it's the same concept. You know, you have a, a space cowboy, you have bounty hunters, you have pirates, like all the stuff that you dreamed of as a kid or you, your imagination, all the places your imagination took you growing up. You know, as far as like Disney stuff goes, it, it like it takes all of that and hyper visualizes it into something that's crazy coherent and really just has good music and good atmosphere. Same thing with uh, shows like Trigun, like it's all that great stuff and it's just fun to watch and it lasts and it's got themes that make you think, you know, it's not just appealing to your uh, this, this need to to see explosions and stuff like that. There's so much more to it and like these days you don't really get that in anime anymore you don't get that completeness that you felt while watching these old shows so like cowboy bebop outlaw star trigun like those are definitely my top three animes of all time and i would definitely recommend it to anyone who has time to sit there and watch 21 episodes of a show there you go there you go you've got cowboy bebop about 21 seasons long like you said i'm thinking bleach that's about 26 that's a lot of anime viewing. And if somebody is just getting into it, I'd probably lean them in both of those directions. Attack of the Titans is always a good one as well. But there are so many to choose from. Don't be ashamed to get into it, to get really involved with it. Enjoy it for what it is. Although, like I said, for me, it always starts and stops with Akira as far as what I think the best representation of anime is concerned. But Bleach, Attack of the Titan, Full Metal Alchemist, Cowboy Bebop, they're not too far behind. What are your thoughts on the anime genre and picks that you might have out there? Please let us know. But what did you think about the series that we came up with as far as anime programs that you should see? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. It's going to be a busy weekend, my friend. Again, for us, we've got Extra Life to deal with and also a new site that's up and running. Any last thoughts on the way out? No, man, not today. I'm pretty beat from doing all this other stuff. So, uh, yeah, tune in on Saturday. We'll uh, we'll have some good stuff for you then. 
But in the meantime, check out www.popculturecosmos.com. It is official. It is official and including the top 200 video games. That is the most requested right there from everyone out there that, that participated with their thoughts on the best video games of all time. Your votes have all been collected together. We put a top 200 list out of it. It's right there, right smack dab on the front page. So check it out, popculturecosmos.com. And check out, again, our streams. I'm thinking Mass Effect for me, maybe something else for my stream, but we're going to have those times up there on our social media. So definitely check it out. It's for a great cause in Extra Life. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the T Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.